Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman. WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational Round 2 Recap. 36 holes in the book. And joining me to break it all down, it's Greg Ducharme. What up, Greg? First day. This is an exciting day for me, Rick. First day uh, back at the academy. So giving some lessons today. I'm out at the academy here. That's why you may see some activity going on behind me. Hopefully not too much. But you know, don't mind me. These are just other people working hard to keep uh, keep a golf course running. So all good here. Absolutely love it. Uh, stoked for you to be back out there. Um, you know who's also stoked to play a little bit of golf today? Uh, Brendan Todd. Brendan Todd goes out at TPC Southwind, of course, that played over par on Friday and shoots a five under 65 uh, to go with his opening six under 64. So he's got a two shot lead heading into the weekend. And Brendan Todd is a name that we have actually talked about way more this season than I could have ever have imagined. You could never imagine. I mean, but at the same time, Rick, yes, we've talked about him a lot more, but at the same time, we don't talk about him enough. The guy has played great throughout this season and he's right now, one of my favorite lines, if it ended today, he would be the front runner for player of the year. And in order to take that from him would be something, it would be unfair if he wasn't player of the year, if it ended today. He would have to win it. He would have to be the player of the year. I mean, he's got two wins, which nobody has three. And if you get this win here, so this would be his third. So he has two events that you could easily brush off and say, okay, it was Mayakoba. It was Bermuda. It was earlier in the year. Uh, But then you can't can't brush off a WGC event. You cannot brush off a WGC with 45 of the top 50 players in the world the week before the, the, the PGA Championship. This is a big boy. And if he wins it, my goodness, it would take something pretty crazy for him to not be player of the year, I think. Yeah, I mean, you do have a PGA next week, right? So, like, the Bermuda, and this is, to me, this is the conversation, if he wins, because he's the 36-hole leader, and he's played great, and he's bogey-free today, and he's playing great golf. But at the same time, like, he's got six missed cuts on the year. Bermuda's an opposite field event. Um, Mayakoba is a, that's a, a fine win. He can't came in fourth at the RSM the very next week. So he almost won, he almost won at RSM the next yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been three in a row. But adding the WGC to that, it almost is like it validates it, right? It puts the period mark. It puts the exclamation point on it. And it makes, like, if you take, I, I don't know what you value in opposite field event at. Is it a half a win? It, but it, it has to be something. So if he wins a WGC, a uh, regular PGA Tour event, and an opposite field event, that's – that's more than two wins. Do you think? Is Bermuda an opposite field event? Yes, and it was the first the time opposite? they played it. It was opposite of uh, the World Golf Championship HSBC Champions. Uh, okay, you know what my, my issue is? I always confuse the Barracuda and the Bermuda. 
Yeah. Well, Bermuda's new this year, so it gets mixed in there. Okay. Okay. So it is an opposite field event. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. So I I guess, uh, listen, there's going to try to be a way to not give Brendan Todd the player of the year award and give it to like Justin. Like, uh, of course, if Justin Thomas goes out and wins the PGA, okay, we're putting the cart way before the horse. We've already given Brendan Todd this win, and we are also then giving Justin Thomas the win next week, and then Justin Thomas would be the player of the year because he would also have a major victories. But like this is like this is the fun part when there's only I don't know how many events were there this season? Uh twenty something by the time it's all gonna be said and done. Yeah. Brendan Todd's played in nineteen. So I mean it's a heavily shortened you missed four months, right? Yeah. Three months. Yeah. So basically so if you win three times you've won like 12% 12% of the tournaments or something like that. It's, it's absolutely crazy. Um, but how he played on Friday was, I mean, he started making a bomb. Uh, he made a 50 footer for birdie on 14, which I think was only his fifth hole of the day. Cause I believe he started on the back, which was a Mark Immelman call. He had a great call on that one. Uh, then he made another 45 foot uh, birdie putt later in the round. I mean, he's, he's already made, over 250 feet of putts through two rounds, which is uh, absolutely bonkers. It's 50 more than anybody else in the field. Is it sustainable? Right. See, this is the thing here. You look at, so what is he? He gained, what did he gain? What did he gain in strokes, putting? Today? Um, yeah, uh, total. Four. What is he? What is he? No, he's, he was, he was uh, gained four on, uh, excuse me, on, Friday, I got my days confused, and he gained yeah. 2.8 on Thursday. Right. So he's leading the field at 6.8, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. So yes. um, it's, it's a crazy good performance. But the one thing I'll say about him with a two shot lead is he keeps the ball in play, which is really important. And it, it lends to, okay, the putter, put it, putts are going in right now. So the score is very low and he's winning, but he can keep himself. He can keep the ball in front of him out there and he can contend with these guys. So I, look, I, I give him a mild chance, but it is putting the cart way before the horse to say that he's going to close the deal this week. It's more likely than not that he doesn't, but he, but I think he has the game to do it. I'm interested to see if this time is different than the travelers. He had a two-shot 54-hole lead at the Travelers before the debacle on 12. You know, DJ had already caught him on the on the front nine. Uh, he took, like, remember, he? I mean, he cold shanked one greenside at 12 there. So interested to see if yeah. if, if that helped or that hurt, right? If that it was, was so disappointing. Or, yeah, so he's back in a similar position. He's, he's not afraid to be near the top of the leaderboard. I don't think so. And, it, you know, it, that can go one of two ways. You're right. It can stick in your mind and you can get into a I'm cursed kind of a place, or it can be something that, um, that, that you say, all right, I'm not going to let that happen again. I learned something. Webb Simpson has done that in playoffs. So it's definitely something that's doable. And don't forget, Brendan Todd basically had the full swing yips for a time. He had a shot in his game that just, it would go way right. And he, he didn't know when it was going to come out. So he's got to feel this year so relieved that the golf ball is going in a, a place where he can not he can find it he can play and now he's like i can compete yeah and now he's got a chance to win for the third time this year it's great to see it is great to see his closest chaser is ricky fowler who goes out posts another 67 today so he goes 64 67 a great round from ricky he's two shots back and then two shots clear of the guys in t3 uh what kyle and i talked a lot about on hq today was Fowler, uh, you know, he had a, a presser where he kind of made this comment like, 
I'm not necessarily thinking about the technical side of the swing anymore. We know he's been going through the swing changes and you know this better than anybody, right? Like when, when a professional golfer on the PGA tour is thinking about where his hands are at the top of his swing or where his head's at or where his hips are, whatever it is, those are not the thoughts you want when you're playing at a PGA tour event. You just want to be making scores. Well, it, it, look, it's okay to have a swing thought and people like to have a direction and it's very common. You'll hear players after they win, if they talk about, uh, they had something that was their key for the week. And so, um, it's fine to have one thought, but it has to be very clear and it has to know, you have to know that it works. And, um, and, and so when you're working on stuff in your golf swing, you don't know quite how everything fits together. And you have to get everything matched up into place. And it seems like if Ricky can say, okay, I don't really need to think about, I, I don't need to work on my swing on the course anymore. That means he's in a place where he's kind of got a lot of the, uh, a lot of the groundwork kind of laid. He's got the foundation laid, or he's, at least he seems like he's much closer to that. And now he's letting his talent, his shot making ability, he's letting it, it all shine. So it definitely seems like they've got some really good work done. He and John Tillery is coach. Um, but you know what it is with Ricky Fowler. What's he going to do on the weekend? That's yep. always the question with him. And, and, and that's been the question of his career. It's been the question of, uh, of even during this swing transition for him because it's, he just hasn't put four rounds together. I mean, he was the 36-hole yeah. leader at the American Express, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, chalk this bad boy up for a one-and-done win. It's over. And, and, he, and he couldn't hold it together on the weekend. And that's part of it, right? It's, it's part of this progression for him where he needs to just do it for four straight days. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, and there are so many question marks that come up with him. But I guess before we – and I know we got to move on. Is, are we too hard on Ricky? He yes. gets like this comparison sometimes that the guy can't win. He has won – He does uh, win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he won the players, right, in 2015. Yep. But he doesn't win as much as we expect. Do you think we're too hard on him? 1,000% we are too hard on him. He gets the easy comparison to Tony Finau. He gets the easy comparison to whatever. He wins way more than most of the guys that he is compared against. He has a player's championship victory. I think it's because he's also a guy who racks up top, top tens, right, without winning as much. Uh, it's hard to win, obviously, as we've seen on the PGA Tour. And, and that year where he went like – you know, top five in every major and didn't win any of them is like, ah, oh, man, like that's an awesome season, but it kind of stinks that you didn't win one. It's almost like if he just didn't contend at all, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be saying this. It's the fact that he's kind of always around that actually makes it look worse than it is. Right. But it's also the off the golf course stuff. Like you see him in commercials and you don't see um, certain guys that are, that are probably I mean, you, you see him in more commercials than Justin Thomas, right? You see him in more oh, commercials yeah. than most players. Than anybody, and, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a – well, his success off the golf course makes us – it puts him on a level with players like uh, – honestly, I mean, you're getting close to like a Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods <laughs> off the golf course kind of resume. And, and the wins don't add up. Well, we're going to see what Ricky can do on the weekend. And you can watch this week's action on CBS, cbssports.com, and the CBS Sports mobile app. Streaming is free on desktop and mobile devices. Greg, the big dog, the defending champion, Brooks Kepka, could not follow up his scorching opening round 62. He went out and shot a one over 71, and things were actually going swimmingly for Brooks. He goes two under going out, which was, I believe, the back nine for him and then the thing that has been his issue since the restart the putter 
It acts up on him on number two, I believe. He three putts inside of three feet, and it was not the same after that. I heard for the first time that he uh, hired a new putting coach, and he hired Phil Kenyon, and they worked on a couple of things, and he lost today 4.6 strokes on the greens. And what yesterday – so, I mean, he's gone from – Positive three, which you know he's probably not going to repeat the same kind of a thing there. Gaining no. three every day would be absurd. But all of a sudden, he's he's 60th in strokes game putting cumulative. So it, it's like definitely uh, a little bit concerning. It makes you wonder if that first round was um, almost like, I don't know, beginner's luck is maybe not the right way to say it. But how long can this last over a period of time? So what's your level of concern with him? I'm happy with the iron play. He had 15 greens. That's something that makes me feel better about Brooks, especially in a major, especially on a weekend. But that putty number is concerning. He's been for, he's been great on approach, by the way. He's been absolutely awesome. I think he's gained over three strokes in, in each of the first two rounds. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be somewhere in the middle, right? I mean, my, my database goes back to 2015. His opening round was one of his best putting rounds ever. His Friday round was like his second worst putting round ever. I mean, he's going to he's gonna land somewhere in the middle almost every other time, right? It, it's just... It's just the fact that he's missed so many short ones, Greg. And, and I don't know if it's a pressure thing or we kind of see, saw this with Spieth for a time where he was like, not, not actually, but it felt like he was better from 20 feet than he was from five. Yeah, uh, and, and he, with some of the changes he's made, Rick, they, he, he said that Phil Kenyon and him worked on moving the ball off the toe when he addresses it and putting it into the center which can definitely change some things. It can change your aim. It changes the route of the stroke. It's a, it seems like a minor change, but it can be a substantial change. And, um, and sometimes if it gets in, you just start thinking about it a little too much. Oh, wait, what am I doing? Why did that work so well yesterday? Yeah. That kind of a thought can confuse you. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward if he can get back to that being simple for him. Like yesterday, it seems simple. See right. if it can happen again. I, I'm very happy to see the iron game that, that, that's awesome, right? It's, we, we've got to figure out this putter. So this weekend's going to be key because of course we've got the PGA championship next weekend and we're going to talk about that, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. On May 23rd, I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not going to survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount Plus. And we're back. All right, Greg. Uh, PGA Championship next week. A lot of great ways to follow along. A lot of great ways to watch it. In fact, the recently redesigned PGA Championship website and app feature live coverage of the first major of the year with engaging player coverage. The TPC Harding Park course guide, uh, leaderboard, and shopping for golf and sports fans alike. Oh, they might get some of my money. Follow all the action live at PGAChampionship.com and download the 2020 PGA Championship app for iOS and Android. We talk about Brooks Kepka, a guy who is now what? Going to going for the three peat? Going for yes. going for three in a row, trying to figure out what his putter is. He hasn't won in a year. He's the defending champion this week. He's the defending champion next week. Like the, I feel like the golfing world, the PGA Championship. It's 
a lot of it's circling around Brooks because there's a lot of questions right now. There are a ton of questions. And, and uh, I, I tweeted this out yesterday as well. Brooks, in the last two PGAs, he played the week before. And he won this event at when it was at Firestone. He came in fifth the week before he won at Bell Reeve. And then last year, uh, the AT&T Byron Nelson, which was a strange event for him to play in. No, nobody really played. He came in fourth. So he gathered some confidence the week before. And what happens for Brooks on the weekend is definitely going to play into uh, whether I play Brooks at the PGA or not. So this is a big weekend for me. There's a lot of guys that like, okay, so John Rahm's basically out of it, right? He's the number one player in the world. He is four over. I mean, he is, he is not in contention to win this WGC, but he's got to play two more rounds. So like, I imagine they're going to try to stay engaged over the next couple of rounds, whether they play little, we've seen caddies and players play little games with each other, right? Like try to play this next nine holes two under par or try to do whatever instead of just mailing it in because, oh, by the way, there's a big event next week. <laughs> That, yeah, it's a pretty big. So it, it's extremely important, and it's something you're definitely going to watch for. And you saw it with Patrick Reed. Um, I'm sorry, Patrick Reed. Listen to me, John Rom. John Rom at the, <laughs> at the work day. Okay, yeah. and then what happens? Yes. He's he's kind of out of it. He shoots sixty. What did he shoot? Sixty four with ten birdies on the card. Ten birdies on Sunday, and then he wins the next week. So that Saturday and Sunday rounds, they can give you a ton of confidence headed into the next week. Only difference this time, well, we're we're traveling in between, and we're headed to a different golf course. But that round, even for the players at the bottom of this leaderboard, it's going to be extremely important headed into the next week. I'm starting to get convinced that Justin Thomas is going to win next week. Um, what do you like about his game there? I know that sounds like a crazy question. Right. Everything is, is the answer. I mean, okay. So looking at this week, right. He's, he's been awesome on approach. He, I think is second in the field behind only he's third in the field behind Brooks Kepka and Sung Kang uh, lost three strokes putting over the first two days. In fact, he lost all three of them on Friday. Uh, this is the Rory McIlroy effect where Justin Thomas always seems to card the worst possible score. I mean, he's in this. He's, he's in a tie for 12th. He's four under. And if you just kind of watched the way the rounds have gone, you'd be like, this guy's out of it. Like, he's, he hasn't made a putt. He hasn't done anything. He just has that ability to hang, to weather the tough storms. And then the one or two rounds where he catches a hot putter, like, it's over. Like, he's going to go shoot the lowest round of the day. I just, like, I love this guy's game so much. Yeah, he, hang, he, he gets himself to hang around there. Now, the one thing I'll say, I'm not – uh, my question with Justin Thomas at the PGA this year is his driver. Is he, um, is he going to drive? I think, I think looking at, I'm starting to do a little Harding Park research and I'd love to hear your thoughts, but what I'm seeing is driving of the golf ball is extremely important. You had yeah. Rory McIlroy and Gary Woodland in the finals at the match play. Um, in 2005 at the American Express, it was a WGC American Express back then, you had Tiger Woods beat John Daly in a playoff. You have extremely good drivers, not just long, but accurate drivers of the golf ball. And so do you think, do you think driving is going to be extremely important next week? Or are you thinking it's more iron play and putting? No, I mean, uh, iron play is important everywhere, but I do think, I do think the driver comes in handy, especially because you're probably going to get like a PGA championship setup, right? Which is, you know, it's, it's not going to be, it's going to be penal if you miss the fairway as it should yeah. be. And, and like, I, I think it goes a long way to be able to hit it far, be able to find fairways. So like if Bryson can find a fairway, maybe he just runs away with this thing. I, I, I do agree with you at least, 
this week, I, I haven't been as inspired with Justin Thomas's driver. Uh, he can flip that switch at any moment. So I do think it's going to be important, Greg. Yeah. One guy who's inspiring me, uh, Dustin Johnson. I know we're, we've been way down on him, and this feels as like a we roller should coaster. Be. We should be way down. He went 80, well, 80, 78. <laughs> yeah, you should be. You yeah. wonder about his health, so I have some questions. But seeing DJ kind of turn the corner and put himself – he's tied 15th right now. He's in the mix. Yeah. Uh, his assets as a – his fingerprint – should work really well at a place like Harding Park. And it should be a place where he is one of the favorites. Where's his health? And what's this weekend going to look like? Another player who ha- has a lot of questions to be answered this weekend. So I think that is actually a very natural segue into, so like guys that we're looking for Saturday or Sunday of this week, there, a lot of them are guys that we could, we're trying to figure out for next week too. Dustin Johnson, I think sets up well for the weekend here in Memphis. Obviously TPC Southwind is a place he's been awesome at, but to your point, like he's, he's just been solid. Uh, he's, he's, he's been good off the tee. He's been good on approach. He's been good around the greens. He's lost a little bit putting, but like, that's fine. You know what I mean? It's not like he's riding one thing. He's sitting in a tie for 14th and he's been all around pretty solid. That's a good sign, Greg, like that. And he has great memories here. Of course. And if, and, and what it's going to be, I mean, TPC Southwind played over par on Friday. If you go out and you shoot a 65, like you, you saw it, you saw it on Friday. Guys are flying up the leaderboard. If you can find that low round, which we know, a Justin Thomas, a Dustin Johnson. We know some of these guys have, like, it's it's going to be moving day. It's going to be moving day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the guy that I'm watching on moving day is, uh, I'm, I'm definitely watching DJ, but the guy who I really think is going to answer today's good round with another good round is Webb Simpson. I think by come mm. Sunday, Webb Simpson puts himself right there in the mix. Now, he has gained more than our model would typically say. He's gained more than that putting, two and a half strokes putting total. He's 12th for the uh, cumulative for both rounds. Um, but what you're seeing with the other stuff is like, it, it's been pretty good. He's kind of like DJ and very solid throughout, and he's, he's finally starting to make some putts, uh, especially today. And I, I think his game with his iron play will get dialed in over the weekend, and I think Webb's going to have a, a great run at this. I like that a lot. Real quick, and we'll end on this. Um, if I want to make a, a bet after 36 holes, how far back is two back? We've got Brendan Todd, who's 11 under. Two shots clear of Ricky Fowler at nine under, who is two shots clear of the guys in third. So, I mean, when you're talking about third through 12th or, or third through the guy 14th, essentially, it's only three shots. So there's like a large chase group, but is Brendan Todd too far out in front for the guys that like Justin Todd? No, no, because it's only one player, right? Yes. So if, if Brendan Todd was um, – well, let's just say if there were three players tied at 11 and then you went down to nine and then down to seven, it would be different. But you have one guy at 11 who we've seen have a really, really bad Sunday when <laughs> yeah. in contention, when leading, right? So you have question marks about him. Ricky Fowler's a guy we've seen on weekends kind of play a little bit more average. We've had questions about him. So you look at the pack. The pack starts at seven. Since there's only two guys above seven, I mean, I think anybody that's – realistically speaking, if you're three under par, you're within four of that seven under number. I think you still have a chance, a slim chance. My, my, um, real realistic bets. I wouldn't go past, uh, a Justin Thomas at 12. Maybe I'd go to a Dustin Johnson at three, but that's kind of where I would draw the line. 
I think you're right. I'd feel much more comfortable with the fours. The three, I mean, yeah, you could get a scenario. Todd makes a couple bogeys, stops making 200 feet of putts. Ricky Fowler, you know, struggles with the swing. Like this, the, we, we could be five holes in on Saturday and this thing could be at, you know. Well, so what do you think the winning score is going to be? Oh man. Uh, okay. Todd can't keep this, can't keep this going for, I, he's not going to shoot five or six under every single day. So I bet you, let's see, three, uh, man. Wow. 15? 15. Yeah. 15. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like 15. That's kind of a, a general number. So can somebody who's at three under, can they get nine over the weekend? Yeah. I, I think so. I mean, I, I really do. I really think somebody could go shoot 65 tomorrow Put themselves in the mix. 65, 66 on the weekend would be great, and it could get the job done. So that's kind of I'm much more comfortable with four, but I, I do think somebody could from three could do it. There you go. We'll be back tomorrow to tell you how many guys have a chance at this thing after we see the third round play out. I want to thank Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the Real GFD. You can find me on Twitter at Rick Rungood. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.